What is up, everyone? I'm Ryan from Fireside Knicks with my friend and co-host Dylan Backer and the New York Knicks. I mean, look, we were talking about Game 5. You know, we were talking about, you know, uh, our, our thoughts and opinions on Games 3 and 4 and kind of how, um, you know, now we're in this territory where, you know, you're kind of in between. Is this the last preview, the last podcast of the regular season? Is it the next one? Is it the one after that? You know, there is a lot of, uh, you know, confusion and a lot of uncertainty for the Knicks. And they face uncertainty again tonight. It's do or die uh, in Miami. Going to be a tough tough assignment for the New York Knicks as they look to continue to try to uh, make a 3-1 comeback here. They win game five, um, massive win, obviously. Um, You know, a lot of things went right for the Knicks in that game. Uh, Was it a blowout? No, but was it exactly what they needed? Yes. You know, we talked about just take it game by game. You know, in the postseason, people can talk about, you know, things didn't go particularly well for the for the Heat and they were able to hang on. So are the Knicks in trouble? Um, the way I look at it is you just need wins, right? The Knicks just need to win games. Uh, and I don't care how they do it at this point um, because you don't care about the sustainability of the wins. You care about just getting them. Um, you know, this is obviously a huge game because it's an elimination game. That, that goes without being said. Um, but I feel like there's an added extra, an added sense of importance here for the New York Knicks, an added sense of, you know, can this team do, can the team, can this team put the pressure on Miami to have to step up? Because, you know, we were talking about this a little bit before we recorded, um, but, you know, this kind of feels like a game seven situation for Miami, right? Obviously it's an elimination game for the Knicks, but if you're Miami, you don't want to go back to New York, right? Um, you know, Knicks have played well in the postseason at home. Um, they've gotten the job done there. Uh, they haven't been excellent on the road. So if you're Miami, you feel like this is an opportunity to close it out, to, to close the door on the Knicks. Um, they're going to look to jump off to an early start. They're going to look to be aggressive um, and they're going to look to make the Knicks have to respond. And, you know, there's a lot that's going to go into this game, a lot of storylines. Uh, before we get into that and more, Dylan, how are you feeling today, my friend? How are you doing coming into this game? How'd you feel about game five? Kind of give us your thoughts, um, you know, as we near closer to a pivotal game six for the New York Knicks. Right. First off, I'm doing good. You know, I'm nervous about this game, but I'm also a little excited about it. You know, that last game, game five, gave me some hope. You know, like like you said, it wasn't like a blowout. I mean, they were up by 20 at one point and then they kind of almost blew it, but they held on. You know, what keeps me a little optimistic was their resilience. You know, they showed a little bit of pride and actually won this game at home, which you needed to do and didn't just go out in five and kind of give up, which I'm really happy about. You know, I'm happy that they did that. Obviously, the job's not finished. They still got two more games to win if they want to move on. You know, and, and tonight is a huge one. Like we like you said before. This is essentially Miami's Game 7 because this is the last one in Miami, possibly. You know, this is going to be the last one in the series. So who knows what will happen tonight. But, you know, for Miami, this is a huge game because, like you said, the Knicks are going to put the pressure on them. Right now, the pressure is on Miami. You know, they're up 3-1. All the vibes are good in Miami. They think that, you know, they're just going to cruise to a series win, win Game 5 at MSG. No, they lost Game 5 after a great performance from Jalen Brunson, per usual. 38 points, 9 rebounds, 7 assists. I mean... And 54% from the field and 40 from three. Played all 48 minutes. I mean, what more can you ask from him at this point, right? But just besides that point, you know, Miami now, the pressure's on them. So, you know, they got Miami's going to have to win this game if they want, you know, just to move on, obviously. But, you know, they're not going to want to go back to New York, like you said, because clearly that that MSG crowd and those 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 vibes over there in New York are a lot different than Miami. You know, those fans are riled up. Those fans got those Knicks going a little bit in game five, you know. They had started off slow in Game 5, talking about the Knicks here. You know, they only scored 14 points in the first quarter. Then they just brought some energy. Whatever changed, you know, you could say maybe it was because Obi Toppin came in the game and brought a little bit of flair. But whatever it was, it woke everybody up. Everybody woke up. Even Julius Randle came back in. and He didn't even miss a shot the rest of the game after that. So even he played great. 
Even he's been struggling, as we all know. So, you know, everyone seemed to get a little bit more energy this game. It was really encouraging to see because that energy we kind of didn't really see in games three and four in Miami. You know, they didn't really seem to, like, have that kind of pep in their step or anything like that. They kind of just seemed a little lackadaisical. Seemed like the vibes were down. You know, game five, they uplifted them a little bit. They were resilient. You know, they fought hard. They played all the way through. They played very, very tough. I love what they did. You know, obviously, you know, we might have gotten a little lucky because Miami did get good looks from outside, but they weren't hitting them. You know, they had a really cold shooting night, so you take it. You got to just hope Miami continues to kind of slump a little bit from outside because, you know, I don't think Miami's going to shoot that cold again from three, so you don't want to just leave them open. But you also have a little bit of hope that maybe they're starting to cool off a little bit. And, you know, maybe they're kind of taking their foot off the gas a little bit. You got to take advantage of that if you're the Knicks, right? So just looking at this game in particular, you know, I'm just going to kind of ask you this. Who is the guy to watch for in game six? You know, I'm sure we're going to probably say Jalen Brunson again or Julius Randle. But if there's anybody else in particular that you might be thinking about that needs to really, like, you know, continue to step up or or even just step up from what they've been doing this postseason, who do you think that guy is in this game? Yeah, I still feel like it's Josh Hart, right? It just it, it doesn't feel like Josh Hart has had the impact in the series that you know I'm accustomed to seeing, right? Um, you know, that's a, that's a like you know I think there's a difference between hey this guy should be playing a little bit better and this guy stinks or anything like that. Um, you know, I've made it very clear Josh Hart is awesome and he's you know one of my favorite players not just in basketball but one of my favorite athletes to watch uh, on any of my sports teams. Um, but you know his impact has been missed, right? You know we know what this team is capable of when Josh Hart is flying around the court, you know grabbing and rebounds he shouldn't be grabbing and uh, making making dimes he sh- you know that you don't cons- you don't think he'd be making or driving to the basket a- on, a, on a breakaway or hitting a big three you know things like that just being the safety valve you know that that you know calming presence on the on that roster you know that's what he was for the Knicks he he you know was such a big part of what this team was doing in the second in, in the second in the late half of that season um and, and I I need him to step up right I think this team is just so much better when he's clicking um you know you mentioned guys like Brunson Randall Barrett you know guys like guys of that nature that have been scoring all postseason you are not scoring all postseason have been the biggest scoring options for the Knicks for the majority of the season right you know as you mentioned Jalen Brunson cerebral right um I've said this in previous podcasts you know we've kind of Use the I think superhero is the term to describe him. He is the Knicks superhero, right? Obviously, you know, superstar, I feel like is a little much superstar. You know, I think of the guys like Jokic, Giannis, and Bede. Guys are going to go on to win MVP. Um, but, you know, superhero in the sense that when this team needs someone, when this needs when this team needs someone, a hero to step up, it's Jalen Brunson, right? He's he's never shied away from the moment. He's never shied away from the postseason pressure. Um, you know, regardless of how this series ends, that's the case, right? Jalen Brunson, this isn't even just a New York Knicks thing. We saw last year with the Mavs right you know Luca's out for a few games here comes Jalen Brunson to save the day um you know I, I I feel like the one takeaway you're gonna have from this series for the entire season regardless of how it ends is that he's been just everything that you could ask for right I mean I can't imagine my life without Jalen Brunson on the Knicks uh you know it's it's not it's not a pleasant thought um but you know obviously again Josh Hart that's the guy you want to step up but you know you're looking at Jalen Brunson like damn I mean that guy is just He's just unbelievable. He just does things that, you know, he, he just scores on a level and he, he's so reliable and he's so effective. Um, but you need the supplementary, supplementary piece around him to continue to be better. Um, and I do want to again shout out RJ because RJ's continued to play well all series. Um, you know, he's been consistent. This is the first kind of stretch of consistently good basketball he's played the entire season, right? 
Um, and it couldn't have come at a better time. It couldn't have come at more at a more important time for the Knicks. You know, there have been struggles with Julius Randle, Josh Hart, obviously not having a great series, Emmanuel quickly injured and not having a great postseason. So, you know, the one of the only reasons the Knicks are even in a spot where you can sit here and talk about a game six is because RJ Barrett's played so well. So I definitely want to give him his flowers. But, you know, uh, looking into game six, you know, who's who's that guy for you to step up? Who is that guy that you think, you know, I'm going to kind of flip your question back at you. Um, you know, who do you think I haven't mentioned that is really important for this game six in order for him to win? Right. I also think it's Josh Hart. And, you know, I kind of wanted to add, too, about him. You know, this is a little interesting here in game five. So, you know, most of the postseason, Josh Hart's been playing like 25 to 30 minutes a game, right? Playing most of the time. A few times he's even started. Game five, he only played nine minutes. And he had two points, two rebounds, one assist. You know, he got into foul trouble pretty early. He had those three fouls in like the first quarter, and he ended up finishing the game with four. But he only played nine minutes. Quentin Grimes ended up playing all 48. You know, they kind of did a little flip a little bit. You know, it had kind of been the other way around. Josh Hart had been playing most of the minutes. Quentin Grimes was kind of just getting like 15 to 20 minutes. You know, nothing crazy. Wasn't being high, highly impactful. And Quentin Grimes, you know, offensively, he only had eight points in those 48 minutes. He hit a couple threes. But what I thought was was good was that he was out there because of the defense. You know, it was good enough for the spacing aspect because, you know, he's a shooter, so teams are going to focus on that. You know, it keep, kind of keeps the paint less clogged, if you will. But defensively, he was so impactful. Quentin Grimes I'm referring to. He was so impactful in Game 5. There's a reason why he was out there for 48 minutes. You know, he got two steals and two blocks. And I think we all saw the play where he got hobbled from a Bam Adebayo screen, was basically on one leg for, for a play, and got the steal off of Jimmy Butler that pretty much sealed the victory. I mean, that was a heart and hustle play. That was a phenomenal play, and I hope that plays like that kind of motivate this Knicks team. Like, all right, we got to really step up. You know, he just did that off of basically one leg and just still contributed like that and still gave 110% effort. That's what I love to see. I love that. That was an amazing play, you know, that really kind of gave me hope that the rest of the guys will start to do the same. You know what I mean? Like, I think we saw, you know, Julius Randle start to do it a little bit, which I was really pleased with. You know, and then Quentin Grimes did that toward the end. I was like, all right, I think these guys can get fired up now. I hope that can really, you know, translate into game six and a potential game seven. But, you know, just to pivot back to Hart, yeah. He just needs to be the one to step up. He definitely does. You know, he didn't. He's been pretty quiet all Miami series. You know that we kind of thought like maybe he was going to be the quote unquote Jimmy Butler stopper or like you know the guy that would kind of give those guys fits. Unfortunately, that hasn't panned out that way. You know, unfortunately, Miami seems to kind of have Josh Hart's number all series. Been forcing him into foul trouble. Been giving him issues with scoring. You know, all that stuff. It happens. Sometimes the team just outplays you. You know, sometimes it's just a tough matchup for a player. I get it. But, you know, in a time like this where you're desperation mode and, you know, Emmanuel quickly might not end up playing again. As of right now, he's doubtful. So I honestly don't expect him to play in game six. We need Josh Hart to step up again. You know, obviously... If Jalen Brunson could play all 48 minutes again and do what he did in Game 5, that'd be amazing. But you also don't want to kill Jalen Brunson, right? So you're going to need some insurance from these guys off the bench. You know, the bench right here, you know, I mean, they didn't play a lot of minutes. Just looking at this, and understandably so, it's the playoffs. You know, it's a desperation elimination game, all that stuff. But, you know, you want that insurance still from some of these guys. So that way, one, you're not killing these guys and having them play all 48. And two, just so you show your depth a little bit. You know, the whole big thing coming into this playoffs for the Knicks was that their depth is really good. So far, unfortunately, it hasn't been the case. You know, they haven't been as deep of a team as you would wish because 
you know, quite frankly, most of the guys off the bench have not been performing well, with the exception of like Isaiah Hartenstein. But, you know, Emmanuel quickly has been, you know, up and down this postseason. Josh Hart's been kind of not great this series either, obviously, like I just mentioned. So you want to have that. You want to have that depth a little bit to give these guys, you know, one, one to give these guys insurance and a little bit of rest a little bit. So they're not, like I said, so they're not playing the entire game. And two, like I said, you just want you just want to throw more options at Miami to, to force themselves to kind of focus on. You know, you don't want Miami to just have to strictly focus on Jalen Brunson because then eventually their game they will game plan around that, and then someone else is going to have to do something. And if they're not continuing to step up, that's going to end up being a failure for us, right? So, just looking at that, that's that's what I want to see. I just want to see Josh Hart really step up. I don't don't need Josh Hart to drop twenty points or anything like that. I just need him to have an impactful game on both sides of the floor and be impactful for the rest of the team as well, and not contribute to like spacing problems and stuff like that. Because there's a reason why Josh Hart got taken out of the lineup, right? Because the spacing was not very good in Game Four. I think we saw that pretty well. So there's a reason why they made the change. You know, so that's 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 kind of my take on it. You know, what do you what do you think about that? You know, one of the big things that I think you you hit on there is just the idea of having guys step up, right? This team, it's it's not a talent issue, right? It's not a personnel issue. It's not a this team isn't good enough to compete with the Miami Heat issue. It's a this team is good enough to compete with the Miami Heat, but they have not done so all series. And I'm not trying to take away credit from the Miami Heat. They've played an excellent series, great job defensively, great job, you know, going out there and executing big plays, right? Like this is not a criticism of the Miami Heat. I'm simply saying that the New York Knicks have the talent to compete with the Miami Heat and they should compete in this series. Um, you know, personally, I, and I think you feel this same way, you know, end of the day, this team just needs to show up and play the basketball they've played for 95% of the year, right? Um, you know, I don't think that this is a team that is, I don't want to place the expectations of, you know, this team should win these next two games. And if they don't, the season's a failure, but at the same vein, you know, if you want to take that next step from, you know, fun playoff team that, you know, makes the postseason and everyone's shocked and it's a feel-good story to we are a consistent playoff contender, you've got to compete in this game, right? I'm not saying you have to win this game for that label to be a thing, right? You know, because end of the day, no one's going to be like, oh, you lost in six, so uh, it doesn't matter who you acquire, you're just the New York Knicks. Like, that's a stupid mentality, obviously. Um, But if you want people to really be like, wow, I mean, that team is tough, go out there and compete, right? Go out there and make this a, make this a goddamn series, right? Um, you know, I, I've I've talked about this in previous episodes with, you know, whether it's, you know, people saying that Julius Randle has to be traded in order for this team to get better um, or, you know, uh, just the constant criticism around players on the roster or, you know, not saying that Tibbs shouldn't be criticized, but kind of flip-flopping between Tibbs should be fired and Tibbs is a good coach. It's like, you know, guys can't do the game-to-game overreactions, right? We know what this team is capable of. They're, it's either they're going to get it done or they're not, right? You know, that's that's basketball. That's sports. Um, sometimes a talented team just doesn't play their talent level, and that's why you lose. There's only one champion at the end of the year. There's only one team in this series that gets to advance. Um, I don't think people are going to sit back and say Miami didn't play to their talent level if they lost in seven in this series. I sure as hell wouldn't say that. I'd say they made me want to uh, cry in a corner for multiple periods of this series. They played their tail off, um, you know. Uh, and end of the day, I think that one big key element here is just the shooting, right? The shooting hasn't been consistent all series. The shooting hasn't been there for the Knicks all series. We, you've, you've done an excellent job talking about the shooting and the spacing for the New York Knicks, not just in this series, but, you know, throughout the entire season um, and detailing like this team really can't consistently find the three ball. 
um, you know, now you can't change anything about that now. You can't add, you know, um, you can't add prime Steph Curry to this team or anything like that. Um, but, you know, you can hope that, again, as we mentioned earlier with Josh Hart, a guy like Josh Hart can start hitting his threes. Uh, Quinton Grimes, who, as you mentioned, played a lot of minutes in uh, game five. Maybe he can step up and hit some big threes. You can see to get good shooting from Brunson. You get some more shooting maybe from Randall. Maybe Barrett continues to hit some threes. Um, and, and just that as a whole could co- could combine for some good three-point shooting. Um, but it's just finding that consistency, right? It's just finding offensive consistency, finding some sort of um, fight. It doesn't have to be pretty. You just have to win, right? It does not have to be pretty. We could look at the ugliest box score in the world, some 85 to like 75 win. I don't care, right? You just need to win tonight. You just need to hit the right shots. Um, but I guess my final, uh, not my final big question, but, you know, one of the big things I have been thinking about all series was, you know, when Randall plays well, this team is a million times better, right? Randall didn't dominate necessarily in the last game, but he played a really good brand of basketball. And the Knicks won, right? And the Knicks looked competent offensively, scored 112 points. If I'm not mistaken, I'm double-checking this right now. That might be the most or close to the most they put up in the entire series, and it might be one of the highest totals they put up in the entire postseason. I'm checking right now. Yeah, that's their highest total of the postseason. Uh, yeah, 111. They put up 111 against the Heat in Game 2, but 112 is their their uh their postseason high so you know how important do you think Julius Randle's performance in this game is for this team I feel like it's really the the Knicks are a solid team when he's not playing well but they're an excellent team when he does play well what do you think about that yeah no Julius Randle is quintessential to this team's success I mean you know we've said it time and time again but you know the Knicks are not in this position without him you know a lot of guys need to kind of realize that you know even if Jalen Brunson was here they'd probably still be a play and play in team but with that with Julius Randle you know, they're not a playoff team. You know, with Julius Randle, they're a playoff team. Without him, they're not. It's a pretty simple thing. You know, as some guys have always clamored for, you know, oh, start Obi Toppin, you know, get rid of Randle. If you do that, you're going to end up winning like 41 games, make the play-in, and you're probably not in the second round right now. You know, Julius Randle was an all-NBA-level talent, and we got to realize that. Now, you know, obviously there are things, I'm not saying Randle is a perfect NBA player. I think a lot of us can agree with that. But just, you know, He's a very good basketball player. He can score at all three levels. You know, and when he try, when he actually does, you know, start trying a little harder, he's a very good hustle player. He can be, he can get a lot of rebounds. You know, he can hustle on defense. Of course, he has to try for that stuff. You know, I know sometimes he has that that issue with you know lackadaisical effort or like you know he's not hustling enough. But we have seen him do it from time to time. You know, we it's not like we've never seen him do it before. We have seen him do it. You know, and it's contribute to success. You know, I like, like I said, he's not the best defender. You know, I sh- I kind of want to walk back on that a little bit. He's not the best defender. You know, we know he's not a great defender. He's never marketed as one, but he's a high level offensive talent. You know, high level offensive talent, good high level rebounding talent. You know, if he can just you know hustle a little bit and keep that hustle going. He's dangerous to stop. He's really, really tough to stop. You know, we kind of saw it a little bit in Game 5, you know, after that rough first quarter where things just weren't looking good. You know, he started kind of trudging up the court. Wasn't really didn't really look like the effort was 100% there. He turned it up. You know, he went 6-6 six six the rest of the game. You know, he was playing hard. He was playing aggressive. He, you know, it looked like he actually wanted it a little bit, which I was happy to see. And, you know, if you see him continue to do that, then... The Knicks have a, you know, they have a great shot here to really come back in this series. You know, it's not over. You know, I know last episode we were kind of, you know, 
making it sound a little bleak and we were kind of like oh you know it doesn't feel good it might it might be over you know gave, I gave him a 50-50 chance to come back or whatever I still have it at that kind of percentage just because I do need to see them win this game tonight obviously you know that's obviously if they lose they're done but you know if they can prove to me they can win on the road here then my my confidence level will really go up if they can come back in this because then if you make it to game seven it's pretty much just one good game that's all you need after that you just need one good game right so just looking at that I'm just you know hoping Randall continues to kind of just you know take from what he did in game five and after that second quarter and just continue that into game six here you know and continue playing hard make it seem like you want it a little bit you know he had that interesting quote after game four where he was like maybe Miami wants it more they, he needs to show Miami that he wants him more. We know Julius Randle is a workhorse. We know he's he's a very tough guy. We know he he'll battle through a lot of stuff. You know, we'll, we know that he plays hard on the court. All that stuff. Just want to see it. You know, we just want to see that. We know what he's capable of. We want to see that though every single night. You know, I think you can agree with me on that. You know, we we that Randall is a very good player and can hustle very hard and has shown the capability to do that from time to time. It's just we need to see it happen every game. You know, sometimes we don't see it every game and of course that lets us down. But I think sometimes we also overreact a little bit and start, you know, reaching conclusions like, oh, Randall is not a hustle player. Randall's bet Randall is a you know horrible low effort player or Randall is not a good basketball player at all. Randall is not good. Toppin is better. Blah 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 blah. You know, it starts all these kind of narratives and you know I don't think that's necessarily those are necessarily true narratives, you know? Like yeah, Randall has had his moments. I'm not going to sit here and you know ignore that, and I'm not going to sit here and, and not acknowledge the fact that there are times where it doesn't seem like Randall is trying, doesn't seem like he's hustling, doesn't seem like he's really you know giving any effort on defense. I'm not going to ignore that. Obviously, I've seen it happen. I watch all the games as much as everybody else does, so I do see it. But I've also seen him try you know at a high level, at a hundred percent level, hundred percent effort, and how dangerous he can be. You know, what do you think about that? Yeah, you know, again, I think one big thing that uh, I loved you mentioning there is just the intensity, the effort, right? I'm not saying Julius Fan's a lazy player, but sometimes he can get so aggressive. And honestly, I like that, right? Um, you know, I know that there are times where it boils over and it becomes frustration. It isn't great. You know, like you think of that incident with quickly earlier in the year. But overall, I think that that tenacity, that aggressiveness is exactly why no matter how many ups and downs Randall has, Tom Thibodeau loves the guy, the locker room loves them, why he's third all NBA, right? You know, that is part of the Julius Randall experience, right? When you have a hyper-aggressive basketball player, a guy who's going to go out and he wants to take big shots, he doesn't shy away from the big moment, he's going to miss, right? You know, that's going to happen, right? Uh, that's like a closer who comes in and all he does is pitch in high leverage and he blows some saves, right? That's that's what happens, right? When you're only you're taking some of the biggest shots in the game, you're going to miss some of the biggest shots in the game. You can't shoot 100% from the field. If you could, then, um, well, <laughs> you know, we'd be in a much better situation than this. But look, Julius Randle, it's about... It's about being uh, tenacious, about being aggressive, and also playing smart basketball, um, which he's shown he's more than capable of. Um, you know, if he's locked in, this team is dangerous, right? This team is not just, you know, this team's not just good. They're dangerous. We've seen they, they, they played at a finals contender pace once they had Josh Hart in there, uh, you know, for the last two months, basically, right? And I'm not exaggerating. They literally played like one of the best teams in the NBA, right? I, I think that if you, if you took... If you take that late half surging team and you put them in a series against a Philly or a Boston or, you know, Milwaukee's eliminated now, and I think this is proof of that, they could have competed and potentially won that ser a series like that. And that team is still here. That's the, that's the best part. That is the exact same team you'll be trotting out minus Emmanuel quickly 
um, in game six, right? And thankfully, this isn't Boston, where, you know, not saying Miami isn't good or anything, but, you know, against Miami, I feel like you can win without Emmanuel quickly. Against Boston, that's a much taller task, right? Um, but, you know, the, the thankful thing, the great thing is, all the things you mentioned, all the points you mentioned, all of the greatness that comes with Julius Fandle when he's playing well, all the greatness that comes with Josh Hart when he's playing well. Obviously, you know about Jalen Brunson. RJ Barrett's been on a heater. We know all that, right? But the best part about all of this is that this is the exact same team that you'll be trotting out tonight. And that's really the key here, right? This team is not different. They don't have, they didn't make trades after the Josh Hart thing to make them worse. They didn't subtract pieces. They didn't lose anyone for the postseason. Um, they're nursing some injuries, sure, but they're for the most part the exact same team that was going head to head with anyone, right? Beating on the Boston Celtics without Jalen Brunson, beating everyone in front of them, right? Um, winning big games at Miami. You think of that J- Julius Randle shot, um, you know, at Miami to put them ahead, right? This team is capable. It's just a matter of them doing it. Um, and I, again, I, I want to shout out a lot of the people who were trade Julius. Julius Randle, this team stinks because of Julius Randle, all the yada, 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 right? I hope he continues to play well because you, again, sound very stupid when, when you say things like that, right? You know, and I think you can agree with me here. When, when, when you conflate this guy isn't playing well enough and he has to step up with this guy's a bum, right? Third team All-NBA, Knicks leading scorer. If he's a bum, then we got, then the roster's full of bums, right? Then we got maybe one non-bum in Jalen Brunson, right? Um, You know, I know what Julius Randle's capable of, and I know Julius Randle's more than capable of stepping up tonight and being the guy this team needs to play not just good basketball, but excellent basketball and pull away with a win here. I feel confident coming into this game, not in the sense of like arrogance where like I don't think Miami's gonna has any chance of winning, but in the sense of like I have confidence that this team is gonna battle. I have confidence that this team is going to at the end of the night, either I'm going to be we're gonna plan out the episode for game seven, um, or we're going to sit back and say this was a successful season and the Knicks put up a great fight in the postseason. So I don't know what your final takeaways are entering game six, but you know, let them rip here because I, I'm, I'm at this point, it's just like nerves, excitement, all these emotions. Yeah, no, it is a combination of emotions of like nerves and excitement. Of course, you know, this is a game again, you know, second time now in as many days, elimination game, but you know, I have a little more confidence that they can come out and win this one because the last game they showed me some resilience, which I was really happy about. They showed like they actually wanted it a little bit. So maybe it gives me a little confidence that they can continue that into this game. So with that being said, I do think that the Knicks can win this game. You know, I'm not going to definitively say they're definitely going to win this game because it is on the road. It's an elimination game. Miami does have pressure on them, so they're probably going to play a little tougher. You know, not they don't want to force a game seven and have to go back to New York, right? So I'm not going to definitively say who will win this game. I do think the Knicks can win this game, though. And if the Knicks were to win this game, I think it would be a very close game. I think it would be a one-possession game. I think it would be very tight down the stretch. You know, something I want to add, too, is the Knicks haven't even played very good basketball really all series. The fact that they've still that they're still in this and that they've pushed it to 6 games, you know, is impressive in itself. Obviously, you don't want to, you don't want to lose the series, you don't want to have to you don't want you don't want to get eliminated. Nobody does, right? But the fact they've pushed the series this far, considering just you know, quite frankly, honestly, how bad they've played this series, because I'm going to be honest, you know, they have not played very good at all this series, right? They've played pretty rough. I think everyone knows that at this point. The fact they've extended it to six games, they should be thankful for that. You know, we should be honestly thankful that we're able to sit here and still talk about Knicks playoff games at this time of the year in the month of May, you know, this far in. You know, I don't think either of us expected this to be at this point. You know, we thought, Maybe we would be a playing team or maybe a first-round playoff team, but nothing more than that. Right now, we are two wins away from the Eastern Conference Finals. You know, it's one game at a time. 
Simple as that. You know, even Josh Hart said it after uh, after game four when they went down 3-1. He said, and I remember, he said, you know, they're not looking at it like they're down 3-1. They're looking at it like they just need three wins. And they're looking at it like that. One game at a time. And that's the right mentality. One game at a time. You take this one, <clears throat> you take this game, all of a sudden you have the advantage now. Because then you're heading back home for a game seven when all you got to do is win. That's all you got to do. Simple as that. It may sound easier said than done, but... It, quite frankly, is the simple solution. Just go out there and win. Those are kind of my final thoughts on it. Yeah, no, end of the day, it's it's put up or shut up, right? That's all you can do in these next two games, right? Um, not to say, again, that you're playing with house money because, you know, um, it would be unfair for us to have talked about this series with both of us predicting the Knicks to win and then say, well, they're playing with house money now. No, like, they're, they're not playing with house money. However, um, given the context of the situation they're in right now, um, you know, you expect them to lose this series at this point. Um, and, and if they can pull this one off, um, it would be monumental and it'd be monumental for the franchise as well. But with that being said, you know, this is a longer episode guys, but we appreciate you guys sticking through for the entire episode. There was a lot to talk about. And I think there's just a lot in general, uh, when it comes to this team, there's a lot of emotions flying high. Uh, so, uh, I hope you guys enjoyed today's episode. We hope you guys join us in the discussion in the comment section below, like comment and subscribe. You can turn on post notifications to know the next time we record a podcast. Um, you guys can check us out on Twitter. Instagram, TikTok, and of course this YouTube page. If you're listening to this on Apple Podcasts or on Spotify, drop us a five-star rating. You can check out our personal Twitter accounts. They're above our heads. And of course, you know, again, you know, if, if this is the last game the Knicks play this regular season, thank you guys so much for joining us on this, joining us on this ride. I hope this isn't the last episode we record about this season. Um, you know, I can speak uh, on my half that, you know, Dylan's been probably, you know, one of the most fun people to work with when it comes to talking about basketball. I am someone who's not, you know, I'm a baseball first guy. So learning more about the game from Dylan has definitely been an awesome experience. Um, but let's go next, baby. Let's extend this to seven and let's hope that this isn't a goodbye. I'm going to tear up. All right. Anyways, peace out, guys. Have a great one.